sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to a Thursday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on a Thursday on TMA. We bring you up until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Over these next two hours, a ton to get to. We go all around Major League Baseball. Some of the midweek series coming to a close, which means for many around MLB, just one more set before we get to the all-star break in Major League Baseball that is now just four days away. The home run derby lineup is set with the bracket already laid out for what we will see on Monday evening in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. So a ton of Major League Baseball coming your way over these next two hours. We'll check in on the W. We'll look at the WNBA and what is happening in Wimbledon as the first round comes to a close yesterday after a ton of postponements and weather delays over across the pond. But we start in Major League Baseball. Up until the past week, the Tampa Bay Rays for the majority of the first half of this major league baseball season were the best team in the bids but now tampa has lost four straight games and that best record in all of mlb belongs to the atlanta braves as tampa goes down yesterday against another national league east team the philadelphia phillies eight to four the victory for the Phils and sneakily enough despite giving up four earned against the Rays Taiwan Walker for Philadelphia who got the start yesterday has won 10 games this year the Rays were booked as a minus 120 home money line favorite but instead their fourth consecutive loss their 12th loss at home this year still a 34 and 12 record for Tampa Bay we'll look at their home road splits in just a moment but we highlight what the National League pennant winners of last year are doing right now Philly was seven games below 500 on June 2nd, a 25 and 32 record. Since that point, the Phils have won 21 of 28 games, including 11 straight on the road. Philadelphia rounding into form as we near the All-Star break in the home stretch of the second half, looking like that team that won the National League pennant just a season ago. So as we focus on Tampa Bay here, is there some regression back to the mean? After a historic start to this, to this year, a perfect 13-0, just the third team in the history of Major League Baseball to start a perfect 13-0, Tampa has stalled a little bit near the break still the best record in the American League still the second best mark in all of the bigs but coming back down to earth just a tad 34 and 12 at home throughout this Major League Baseball season still the only team with more than 30 wins at home Atlanta does have 30 but Tampa Bay more than 30 of course with a 34 and 12 record 23 and 20 on the road but you can see the difference at the drop in terms of run creation for Tampa Bay elsewhere around Major 
Major League Baseball at Chavez Ravine last night inside Dodger Stadium. L.A. picks up a knee, a win they needed. 6-4 to four for the Dodgers over the Pittsburgh Pirates. L.A. was booked as a minus 260 money line favorite. The total just going over nine with those 10 combined runs. And the reason this game was interesting for the Dodgers, their last three series, including this one against the Buccos, against Pittsburgh, against Kansas City, and against... Uh, the Colorado Rockies as well. In entering yesterday, the Dodgers had dropped four of their last seven against those teams that entered yesterday with a combined winning percentage of just .378 this year. So the Dodgers get a needed victory at home, 6-4 to four over Pittsburgh. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one of a Thursday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. Well, I am Ben Stevens. So as we go around Major League Baseball, just four days left until the All-Star break. The Dodgers are honing in on that first place spot in the National League West. A division, LA has won 10 of the last 11 Major League Baseball seasons. And throughout the entirety of this year, the Dodgers have remained a heavy odds-on favorite to win this division. Greater than a $2 price for most of this week, but the odds working in LA's favor after the victory against Pittsburgh yesterday. Now a minus 250 number for Los Angeles because they have closed the gap. They are only a game and a half back of the Arizona Diamond. Backs. Yesterday in Arizona, the D-backs hosting the New York Mets. They were booked as a slight minus 110 favorite on the money line, but the price for New York, not much different. A minus 106 number for the Mets. And hey, the Amazons starting to stack up some wins. Four consecutive victories for Buck Showalter and New York. Two to one yesterday for New York against Arizona. It was the first three-game win streak for the Mets entering yesterday's contest since the end of May into early June. The 2-1 to win yesterday over Arizona gives New York its fourth consecutive win. Elsewhere out west, the San Diego Padres, much like the New York Mets, a disappointing team so far this year based on relative expectation. The Mets, six games below 500 still, 40-46. and 46. The Padres now only five games below 500 at 41 and 46 a ton of offense from Fernando Tatis Jr. three of four at the dish yesterday and Manny Machado two of three at the plate with three ribbies yesterday for San Diego as the Padres hold on to knock off the Angels five to three good news though for the Halos Shohei Otani was in the lineup yesterday of course he was pulled early from his start with a blister on his right throwing hand but he was in the lineup at the dish yesterday he just went 0 for 4 more around major league baseball with kevin walsh up next here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to a Thursday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Thursdays are glorious here on the Spiz Grizz because the originator, the creator of the Spiz Grizz, joins us live on TMA. It is old K-Dubs, Kevin Walsh, for the rest of this opening hour on a Thursday on the morning after. Kev, we appreciate your time as always on this Thursday, four days until the Major League Baseball All-Star break. I am so excited. My voice 
might have just cracked and we'll touch on the offseason in the association as well kev thank you for being here on this thursday uh, excited excited you help you out there man you know, that was the best of us yeah, right appreciate uh, but we're ready to rock and roll man the diamond dash where else would you rather be I mean come on we're gonna be dashing around that diamond all right we start in the desert by the way where the Arizona Diamondbacks hosting the New York Mets yesterday pretty similar numbers entering the contest mm -hmm. on the money line the D-backs a slight home favorite minus 110 but New York with Kodai Senga on the bump was just minus 106 and Kevin Walsh for the fourth consecutive game the New York Mets get a win are they convincing you at all okay dubs that the Mets might actually be able to turn this season around so this is what it's going to take we've kind of been you know setting the stage for it here it sounds like a ridiculous ask hey this team's got to go out there and win 10 in a row you know, 12 out of 15 something along the nature but look at the Philadelphia Phillies right and, and what they've been able to do it's it's you gotta stack wins and for the Mets that was a the way sometimes the way you win can be just as important right like ah, oh, the Mets went out yep. there last night they dominated a 12 to 1 that's one thing that type of victory it feels like something baseball is a very dumb sport and at times you need dumb things to just latch on to and Alvarez with a home run and completing it all off in the ninth inning there for the Mets it's I'd tell you though a real tough task that stands in front of them it's hard enough to sweep a team like Arizona in their own yep. building but Carlos Carrasco has been flatly horrendous for this baseball team if the Mets can finish off that sweep I think that really would signal something happening here finally uh, for the Mets Right now, New York booked as the underdog today, plus 124. The Mets, the D-backs, a home favorite at minus 142. But kept four consecutive wins, and last night was a game the Mets have not really pulled off for most of this year. Kodai Senga was sensational. Eight innings of work, only allowing one earned and four hits. It just happened that one of the four was a long ball. So the D-backs went into the top of the ninth inning, trying to close out the game with a one nothing lead after Senga even struck out 12 and as you mentioned Francisco Alvarez a home run to even it up Marquena a triple that scored Brett Beatty for the game winning RBI and run for New York the Mets have won four straight games but still sit six games below 500 Kev as we look at the National League West what has always been interesting to me is following the odds despite what the standings might say the D-backs have really been in that first place spot for a good majority of the first half of this major league baseball season and yet the odds makers on FanDuel have kept the Dodgers as a greater than two dollar favorite now LA only a game and a half back of Arizona for that top spot in the division and the odds have worked in LA's favor even more minus 250 Kev what are the odds telling you about the way this divisional race will play out that it's going to take a whole lot more from the Diamondbacks to budge the Dodgers off of their status as division favorites. And and by the way, I, I think that's the right choice here. Run differential yeah. isn't everything. You go out there, you have one great game. It can kind of, you know, uh, really inflate some numbers. But if you look at the run differential right now in the NL West, it says the Dodgers are basically twice as good as the next closest team. Maybe they're not twice as good, but they're definitely better than everybody else. They've already caught the Giants. And look, it's a one-game gap currently in the loss column, Ben. Again, the Diamondbacks yeah. are going to have to do a lot more here to shift this market. Think back a couple of years ago when the Giants took this division off of the Dodgers. It took 
I mean, was it September when we finally saw the yeah. Giants as favorites? It felt like, I mean, it was forever. And again, that's understandable because the Dodgers are a different kind of breed. It is really a good point there, Kev. It was two years ago the Giants won the National League West and they outpaced L.A. for a good majority of the year. A three, four-game advantage deep into September before the oddsmakers finally flipped San Francisco to that odds-on favorite. L.A. has earned the benefit of the doubt. They have won the National League West 10 of the last 11 Major League Baseball seasons. So, Kev, as we go around Major League Baseball, we focus on Los Angeles. If the Dodgers are booked as a greater than $2.50 favorite at home minus 260 on the money line against the Pittsburgh Pirates nobody should really balk at the idea LA picks up a win but as I mentioned in the opening segment the Dodgers last three series against the Rockies the Royals and now the Buccos in that order they had dropped four of their last seven games not taking advantage of the perhaps lesser competition so Kev what was your takeaway of LA finally picking up a win over Pittsburgh last night at home I guess maybe just the fact that the Pirates are kind of a tough team, and I think that's being from the NL Central. Uh, I, yeah. You know, the most talented team in this division is still the worst team in this division. The Reds are super exciting, cool, great, and fine. The Cubs are the only team with a positive run differential there. So I almost wonder if I were, you know, the Dodgers. Like, listen, just don't even give me anybody from the NL Central. We don't necessarily understand what we're getting into. I do think their game yeah. tonight's pretty interesting, though, Ben. If you've if you've looked at uh, Urias, who's on the mound for LA, his home yeah. road splits at home. He is essentially the best pitcher in baseball. On the road, he is essentially the worst pitcher in baseball. It's an ERA sub two at home. It's an ERA above an eight on the road. I want to see if he can continue that home dominance here and allow them to do what they should which is win three out of four against the Pittsburgh Pirates a minus 225 price in favor of LA tonight Julio Arias has battled some injuries this year but he gets the start tonight against Pittsburgh at home in Los Angeles can we go to what was formerly the best team in Major League Baseball the Tampa Bay Rays who have now dropped four consecutive games the Phillies meanwhile have won, won 11 straight on the road and to win at the Trop has been no easy feat this year against Tampa Bay. The Phillies eight to four yesterday against the Rays. So Kev, what stands out to you most about this series between Philadelphia? The fact that the Rays are finding their way back to the mean just a little bit here or the fact that Philadelphia has won 21 of their last 28 games looking like that team we saw win a pennant just a season ago. Yeah, so I think both are substantial. I think for me though, was someone that was kind of you know, with with the off day, a little 4th of July baseball, you're trying to find some, some yep. action, see what looks good. And both those days, the Phillies look like they made sense. And I think the, the fact when you look at this Tampa Bay rotation right now, especially in hands due to McClanahan being on the IL, it kind of mm. serves as a reminder that what got Tampa Bay to the point that, that they are at was an unbelievable start from their lineup. And... It's not that the lineup has completely fallen off, right? They average a little bit above five runs per game in the month of June. But they average nearly seven runs per game in April. Yeah. This isn't your prototypical Tampa Bay team, right? Scrappy, find a way, flip it over to your bullpen early in the game and seal the deal. This is a team that's been getting the job done with an all-star lineup. And if that lineup comes back to earth, which it still is a very, very good one, but it's now not yeah. looking like it's going to set every record under the sun, 
I think it, it begs the question, does Tampa have enough pitching to kind of keep everybody at bay? This is a team that's still a minus 800 favorite in the American League East. And still a five-game lead over the Baltimore Orioles. They have built that pedigree this year based on the historic start that Kev mentioned. Tampa, of course, one of three teams now in Major League Baseball history to start a year 13-0. And in nine of those 13 games, the Rays scored seven or more runs. Tampa was 51-22, and Kev, at the peak of their season since that point. They have dropped 10 of their last 16. So perhaps some regression that was always going to come over a long 162 games in an MLB season. Speaking of that season, what has Kevin seen? We talk about it near the All-Star break up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Thursday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is OK Dubs. That is Kevin Walsh. I am Ben Stevens. So we are just four days away from the Major League Baseball All-Star break. Our focus shifts towards Seattle for the Midsummer Classic on Tuesday. The home run derby bracket is now set for Monday evening in the Pacific Northwest. But we're already officially past the halfway point. 81 games of 162 in a long major league baseball season but the all-star break serves as the unofficial midway point of this major league baseball season and kev yesterday we had a few guests come on the show talking mlb and shout out to our associate producer joe frizo who you know very well a very catchy headline for a graphic to talk about the preseason world series odds to where things stood on america's birthday for america's pastime on the fourth of july from the first to the fourth a way to look back on what we have seen here in the first half of this major league baseball season so kev as you look at the changes in the world series odds what has been the story that has stood out to you the most this year in major league baseball I do think a lot of it has to be the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays kind of bullied their way up this board. And if you look at their drop, it listen, the, the record is obviously fantastic. But I think what kind of the biggest thing for Tampa right now, the biggest thing in Tampa's corner, appears to be the certainty that they will be in the playoffs. And that's fair because if you look at everything else, they don't. Ha it doesn't share that same level of certainty. Baltimore would, I guess, be the next, you know, most secure team. But is that even so? The Yankees have better odds than Baltimore does in terms of the American yeah. League East. The AL Central is again a complete disgrace. The Astros aren't even right now the top uh, team in the AL West but the thing is okay sure Tampa's going to get there but what happens once they're there that for me f yeah. feels like a valid question right now on the Rays there are very different categories when you look at any futures market but certainly in baseball where you're trying to be one of six teams to make a postseason in October in each league and then everything really changes the Phillies were never a favorite to win the National League East or the National League pennant or the World Series last year at any point and yet they go on a magical postseason run to win that 
Pennant, a lot of people question the top end of the race starting staff and how could you not? Jeffrey Springs has been on the IL since April. Tyler Glass now is back now, but health has been a big component. And Shane McClanahan, that was tearing it up this year as the American League Cy Young Award favorite, is now on the injured list as well. This is a postseason price to win a World Series, of course. And Tampa's odds from where they were yesterday, Kev, have actually moved back by just 40 cents. Still the second best price in all of the bigs behind the Braves, but it is notable the Rays have come back to the mean just a tad in a negative way. They lost four straight in 10 of their last 16 but kev up next for tampa bay after they finish this series with the Phils, they get the best team in major league baseball the two best records in all of the bigs facing off right before the all-star break over this weekend in tampa bay atlanta comes in after another victory yesterday after their nine game win streak was snapped by cleveland two nights ago atlanta responds with an eight one win so kev how wide of a gap do you think we have between the braves as the best team in mlb and tampa bay with the second best mark so i think there's a a, a, a big gap between these two teams um i wouldn't label again it's it's relative like tampa is the second right. best team record wise and a lot of that but if we were in a kind of play by the time we get to the playoffs i don't think that's how we're going to view tampa bay the interesting Correct. bit for atlanta as well though is again we the lineup is just this impossible thing of every single guy is excellent strider is a is a star I don't know. There's something about Spencer Strider where I feel like he could be had on a certain day. Charlie Morton is good, but not great. Elder, Soroka, it's relying on some of those young guys here. And I was going to just make this point on Tampa Bay, but it actually works better now to make these points simultaneously here, is who is going to make the biggest move at the deadline? And will Atlanta be aggressive, and will Tampa ever really be aggressive, or are they just going to continue to try and make moves that ultimately end up better than we would have realized at the time? Because that's probably going to be, I think, Ben, the next big thing that starts to shift the yeah. markets here on the FanDuel Sportsbook is who makes that trade that you get the alert to your phone and you go, oh, hold on a minute now. Let me see if I want to make a bet on the World Series. You would think the Braves probably make that biggest move. What exactly does that big move look like? Because of the changes in the postseason in Major League Baseball and adding that extra team, we're just under a month away from the trade deadline. Who is going to have a team worth selling? Maybe it's the Cardinals, who are now 12 and a half games back in the National League Central, firmly sitting in that cellar. So, Kev, as we go to the individual perspective, the award races at this moment, yeah. Yes, a slight change in the odds for Shohei Otani, given the blister on the right hand and his pitching future, at least for the next little bit of time following the All-Star break, put into question. Again, he was still in the lineup last night. Yes, he went over, over four at the dish against San Diego, but still has the bat, and he still leads Major League Baseball in home runs this year. Still a minus 750 favorite we have given him his flowers kev the same needs to be said for ronald acuna jr who was on pace to do something we have never seen in major league baseball a 40 home run 75 stolen base 
season, and he's a minus 360 odds on favorite to win the National League MVP. The Cy Young races up in the air, no minus money favorites. Josh Young of Texas, the favorite to win the American League Rookie of the Year, and Corbin Carroll, a minus 650 favorite to win the National League Rookie of the Year. Of course, an outstanding rookie campaign for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, Kev, as you look at those six main award categories in Major League Baseball, what is the race to watch in your estimation in the second half? Otani, now, I've, I said this before the season started, and I'm not trying to take credit, but I'm trying to explain. Otani was always going to win this MVP as long as two things happen. He stays healthy and in the American League. I don't care about the blister. He's fine. He's still hitting. That's all that matters. The pitching at this point is gravy. He's baseball's best hitter. This whole thing's out of control. It's the second part of that. I am self-aware enough to know that I like trades and player movement in those conversations, and I find them fun. And yes, I have been begging people to talk to me about trading Otani for what yeah. it feels like forever. And it feels like not many other people want to have that conversation. But Ben, four to eight weeks, Mike Trout is out. Maybe I'm crazy, but boy, do I feel like Otani has told the Angels and all of baseball, I am out if we are not a contender. And they're not really one now. And they just nope. lost Trout, which isn't even that surprising because sadly, that's been a big part of Mike Trout now in recent years. If you're the Angels, what's worse? Losing Otani or losing Otani for nothing? I think it would be losing Otani for nothing. Am I crazy that, 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 that this team should be on the phone daily to figure out what type of insane level of return they could get for baseball's best? No, you're not. And Kev, that was going to be my question to you, and you took the words out of my mouth. What moved that number for minus 1450 on Shohei to win American League MVP? Is it the blister? Yeah. Or is it the Halos, who are just one game above 500 at this moment? Now, 45 and 44, they have lost 11 of their last 15 from mm -hmm. where they were at their peak at 41 and 33. And Kev, they're four games out even of a wild card spot in the American League at this moment. A competitive wild card race in the AL. I think that should be cause for concern as the trade deadline draws nearer and nearer as we get to the end of this month. So much so that Kevin Walsh, when we were in New Jersey at Ocean Casino Resort for the 2023 Sports Grid NBA Draft Special, convinced me to take the field to back up my Shohei Otani American League MVP bet that I put back into the books in April. And Kev... I'm glad I did. A plus money price on both. So let's go through Kevin Walsh's superlatives of the first half of this Major League Baseball yeah. season. Kev, who do you believe has been the most surprising team in the bigs this year? So the answer is the Phillies, and that might sound weird, but I'll explain. It's not that they're 46 and 39. That's hardly some incredible record. But if you look at the teams that have underachieved in baseball, I feel like a lot of them belong to the National League, and it's the Cardinals, it's the Padres, and it's the Mets. It is surprising then to see that the Phillies were able to figure this out, and in my opinion, figure this out in full before we ever even got to the All-Star break here. If this season ended right now, the Philadelphia Phillies 
are in the playoffs. They deserve a world of credit. And that is the part to me, Ben, that is surprising yeah. is that they've been able to bounce back here to where now when we talk about the disappointing teams in the National League, they don't even belong in that conversation. Certainly not. They are 21-7 and seven since June 2nd. They have been one of the hottest teams in the bigs. The only team hotter, the Atlanta Braves. Kev, you alluded to this earlier. We mentioned St. Louis. We saw the graphic there. But your team to buy in the second half is who? The Dodgers. Here's the thing. There's no team I trust more than the Dodgers. Hey, Goldschmidt's available. Oh, well, the Dodgers have Freeman. Doesn't matter. Goldschmidt, get figure out how to play outfield. They don't care. Hey, Corbin Burns, there's no way the Brewers would trade him. Yeah, right. Guess who pitches for the Dodgers all of a sudden? That's what the Dodgers do, and that's what moves markets. And plus 480 right now is the third best price to win a World Series. That's what the Dodgers have. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here live on a Thursday on the morning after on SportsGrid. When Kevin Walsh is here, even if it's the offseason, it's time to go around the association because a ton needs to be followed. Trades that might happen in what the ramifications are going to be for the NBA in trades that have already happened this summer, including one yesterday. Kev, are you ready to go all around the association of the trade tracker this summer in the NBA? Oh, you know it. Absolutely. Look, there's a, there's sneaky, not sneaky. There's obviously a lot going on. It's just sneaky to those yeah. who don't get it, but we get it. So we're excited to get into it. We get it. Also, Summer League really getting underway on Friday. Victor Wembanyama expected to make his debut in Las Vegas. There's a ton of action on the hardwood in the association, and we'll hit on the WNBA to start off hour number two as well. Kev, what do you make of the alliteration, by the way? Trade tracker. Pretty good stuff out of Frizo, huh? Yeah, no, the works works really solid. Almost, I would slap a TM on the back end of that there. You know what I mean? And just kind of, uh, you know, a little trademark situation. There are litmus tests that you must pass to work on the morning after in terms of your alliteration. Kevin Walsh knows those very well. Because next up, we have Grant goes as in grant williams traded yesterday by the boston celtics to the dallas mavericks here was the trade package in a three-team deal the dallas mavericks get grant williams from boston in return the celtics get multiple second round picks and the spurs involved as well getting reggie bullock from dallas and an unprotected dallas pick swap in 2030 so kevin walsh as you evaluate this three-team deal headlined by grant williams going to the dallas Dallas Mavericks who do you think is the winner of this trade oh it's definitely the Mavericks I mean listen at the end of the day, I don't care about Boston uh bringing in picks completely irrelevant to me um I think Brad Stevens is I don't know he's gonna see if the NBA allows you to like trade second round picks in for like automatically yeah. getting a top five pick or something I don't know what he was doing on draft night could care less uh the Spurs uh, look getting like an unprotected pick swap in case things fall apart you don't hate it Right? If, if Webinyama is Webinyama, 
in 70 years time, the world where they're actually able to make that move. Okay, cool. But Grant Williams is the tangible piece of this deal, and it's the kind of move that the Dallas Mavericks needed to make. Their offseason, to me, has been littered with signing center after center, and I understand front court depth is important, and they need a number yeah. of options there, whether it be rim protectors or vertical spacers, and they've got a combination, and I like that there are guys like a Dwight Powell or Rashawn Holmes will be in front of Derek Lively until he's potentially really ready to go, because we know that yeah. for a big, that transition to playing high-level defense year one could be difficult, but this team needed wing defenders, perimeter defenders, and Grant Williams, I think, is a nice option for some bigger guys. I, and when I say bigger guys, I don't mean Jokic. And also, by the way, stop worrying about who teams have to guard Jokic. It doesn't work ask Anthony Davis but I, I'm talking more about a LeBron James and again is Grant going to be able to do that with a world of success no but you can throw him at a Grant uh, you can throw him at a LeBron you can throw him at a Durant the big thing for me Ben is this really really drives home the point that they need this Matisse Thybulle deal to come through yeah. and hope that Portland is busy listening to Dame, not listening to Dame, pretending that they're talking to teams, we can get into the whole deal. But this team needs Thibel, and I will really love the way that they've shaped out the remainder of this roster. I don't know necessarily what moved the price on the Mavericks to win the Western Conference Championship next season, but it was 14 to 1 on draft night, $2 off that price, 12 to 1. Was it giving Kyrie Irving his new contract extension? Is it the acquisition of Grant Williams? Is it the thought of another wing defender? Is it realizing the stardom of Luka Doncic? Or was it the Mavs' good draft, Kev, where they got Derek Lively out of Duke, one of the best rim protectors yeah. in all of college hoops last year, and oh, Max Prosper out of Marquette, a versatile wing forward type that has a big physical body presence as well. A good offseason shaping up for Dallas so far. Again, tied for the sixth best price now to win the West at plus 1,200. Kev, you mentioned Portland probably distracted trying to figure out what's going to happen with Damian Lillard and where he might be traded to. But I think the question also is, Kev, as we get some trade news every now and then in this offseason in the association, is the timeline of this potential Damian Lillard deal. So, Kevin Walsh, tell us, when is Dame going to be dealt? So, it feels like uh, Portland is going to continue this charade of well we're going to do what's best for us and here's why that's hilarious because the blazers if that's their honest to god approach then why are they trading dame they said they want to they want to win they said they didn't yeah. want to trade him if they're going to do what's best for dame then why are they trading dame they're not going to do what's best for Dame. They're trying to do the absolute best they can. And it's not just from a leverage standpoint. It, because here's the thing. Miami is willing to give them everything on the roster other than Jimmy and Bam. It's not about making sure a third team gives an appropriate amount of assets in the Tyler. That's irrelevant. What they're trying right. to do is just save face with their fans and throughout the league. Because the end result here is going to be the end result which is Dame going to Miami. We've, we hear these other 
again this this notion of well utah has more to offer first of all utah's not offering larry marketing one and two don't care sorry utah you're not in the mix well boston can give up jalen brown well that's interesting that the celtics are desperate to go out there and completely reshape their roster in a bit of a bizarre fashion because the heat are looking to get this done while giving up picks and hero and apparently the celtics are going to give up jalen brown oh by the way boston way to continue to piss off jalen brown at every single opportunity that you get and dame has no desire to be in boston the sixers are completely drunk and are officially showing that they are just a poorly ran organization they said they wouldn't trade tyrese Maxey for prime mj prime lebron or even current Giannis. wow sounds like you should fire daryl morley who, by the way, yeah. pissed off James Harden, whose only friend apparently was Daryl Morey, which sounds impossible. But Dame doesn't even want to go to Philly. And apparently they couldn't get Maxi anyway. Again, what an awful ran organization. The end result is the end result, which is him landing in Miami. So once the Blazers feel like they've officially tried their best, they'll get the three-team deal done. Tyler Hero's going to go to San Antonio or Brooklyn, and Dame is going to Miami. So, Kev, let's talk about that then. Our mock odds makers back at it to find Damian Lillard's next NBA yeah, team. Yeah. And the Heat are the favorites, but it's still even money at plus 100. So, describe the situation around this deal as you just did. Should Miami be an odds-on favorite to land Damian yes. Lillard? That is the certain eventuality. Yeah, they should. Here's the deal, okay? So, Lillard trade request breaks. And almost immediately, that was followed with he wants to go to Miami. And the FanDuel Sportsbook yep. said, all right, we've got to put the Heat at 10 to 1. And yep. you know how worried the FanDuel Sportsbook has been about all the other suitors and the Portland's going to do what's best for them news? Yeah, none at all. They're still 10 to 1. So yep. Miami should be shorter. And, but, and, and here's, here's the biggest reason why, right? Is forget Miami for a second. Oh, Brooklyn has so much to offer. Well, Brooklyn refuses to put Macau Bridges in a deal. Oh, okay, never mind. The Sixers refuse to put Maxi in a deal. The Clippers refuse to put PG or Kawhi in a deal. The Jazz aren't a real team. And Jalen Brunson and Damian Lillard are not going to play next to one another for the New York Knicks. So yeah. if you look at this list, the only real threat would be Boston because they would be willing to give up Jalen Brown. But Lillard doesn't want to go to Boston. And at some point, we don't need to get into this here, but boy, does that fan base and that city need to look inward that people actively refuse to want to go there despite the fact that you're the title favorites and you can sit there and be like, wah, 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 that's not fair. It's a reputation. It's there for a reason. So realistically, if he refuses to go to the Celtics and the... He doesn't want to go to the Sixers, and I don't blame him at this point because, again, the whole thing looks unreliable anyway. Then yeah. this is the end result. He's going to Miami. We know this. So, Kev, quick follow-up question for you. Does it need to be a three-team deal that has Dame end up in Miami to facilitate the entirety of this trade? Well, so we heard this morning that Hero is going to be willing to net at least a good first-round pick, which is what's being labeled right now. Uh, I think there's plenty of people who seem to be really 
bothered uh, kind of with the end result here for Miami, and they're really downplaying Tyler Hero's value, which is a 23-year-old, six-man-of-the-year winner who's a 20-point-per-game scorer. If I were Portland, I would just kick the tires on a Simons trade because I'm not sure I would be 100% positive that Simons is better than Tyler Hero. To be honest, I mean, look, I don't know why everybody is so 100% certain that Tyrese Maxey is better than Tyler Hero, but nobody seems to want to entertain that conversation either. But I'm just saying, if I would get way more back for Simons, then I would maybe look at that. I do understand Portland not wanting their front three to be Simons, Hero, and Scoot. That's just not an ideal pairing all in all. So, Kev, you mentioned the stark odds movement for Miami the entirety of this offseason. They opened the day following their loss in the NBA Finals this year to Denver at 27 to 1 to win next year's NBA title. Quickly, the market moved down to 17 to 1. An idea Miami was going to do something big this offseason. And then Dame requests his trade. He lists Miami as his only preferred destination. And the Heat moved to a 10 to 1 number to win the NBA championship next year, the fifth best price quickly here kev if damian lillard is officially dealt to miami does that price on the heat grow even shorter i i think it will because once it's confirmed it has to drop a bit but i'm not sure they'll jump anybody that's in front of them because those are big gaps right uh, a four dollar yeah. gap between them and phoenix is sizable and i think they're all you have to think about it right they move this team $10 off of Miami's going to be aggressive, 27 to 1 down to 17 to 1. And then they moved yeah. him from 17 to 10 just off the fact that they were that they were now seemingly the landing spot for Lillard. It would be a really bad piece of business if this team goes from 27 to 1 down to five to one before yeah. we've even crossed into August. But to be fair, the 27 to 1 really was a, a bad piece of business. Yeah, it was a bad and ridiculous number. All right, Kev, quickly, you mentioned the beard and what is happening in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. He was going to be traded after signing and opting back in. Now no. there is some thought that maybe he remains in the city of brotherly love. So, Kev, ultimately, will James Harden yeah. be traded this offseason? So, I do not think Harden is now going to be moved during the offseason. But if oh. I know my boy James Harden, he's going to yep. get himself traded in the season. Because you know what, you know what, James. Here's the thing: nobody's got your back right now, but I got your back. This he took less money, and the Sixers said we would take care of you, and then they they didn't do that, despite the fact that he outplayed and beat against the Celtics, won the NBA's assist crown, and Daryl Morey is his guy. So Harden will come back because the rest of these deals aren't that great, and then Harden will do what he's the absolute goat at which is forcing an in-season trade. Ask the, Rock ask the Rockets, ask the Nets. Harden gets moved before the deadline. A proven pedigree for James Harden. We round out this opening hour of the morning after. Up next. Yeah. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
rounding out this opening hour of the morning after live right here on this Thursday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz network that is Sports Grid and this is the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the Apple App Store. Scan the QR code on your screen in a matter of moments. You will have all of our insight and information at the palm of your hand and potential I'll have to ask the guy let me ask him in just a moment and potentially the ability to call sports grid the spiz grizz the originator of the spiz grizz Kev if they download the sports grid app can mm. the people out there call sports grid the spiz grizz you know what I I think I think we'll allow it but I also would appreciate everybody's support uh, as right now we've got eyeballs on Adam Hadwin trying to get him to go high today man round score over 68 and a half come on now John Deere Classic in the Quad Cities. If there's golf, Kevin Walsh has you covered. But we end out this opening yeah. hour by hearing from you. We do that in the Fizz Tiz Piss. Hey, the public. Uh, you better watch it. Yeah, we just, we just try to have some fun here. At Sports Grid yeah. TV on Twitter. That's where the question is for today's Fade the Public poll. Who's your pick? at this current moment to win the National League Central. We listed the contenders, the Reds, the Brewers, and the Cubs. If you want to back the Buccos or the Redbirds in the Cardinals, then you can select the other option. But Kev, unsurprisingly, the public going with Cincinnati, 65.5% going with the Reds. They hold a two-game advantage for that top spot, yet it remains Milwaukee, Kev, booked as the favored side to win the National League Central. Kevin Walsh, who is your pick to win the NL Central this season? I don't like that. That's too many Reds picks. That's too many Reds picks. You know that. We've been doing the we've been doing the figgity tickety piggity for quite some time, my man. We we know the dangers of that type of public love on a team that's not even favored. It's probably the brew crew now. The miggity biggity. That's what we gotta do now. All right, more in the morning after hour two up next.